This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. The 2-2. Swing and a miss. Hey, struck out. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. First pitch to him, line back up the middle, but there is Franco to the left of the bag. He turns and throws him out, and the Rays have won it in Atlanta. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Welcome to our latest show, and happy Father's Day. I hope if you're a dad, you're enjoying today, and if not, you're celebrating an important dad in your life. On today's program, we'll visit with Zach Eflin about what makes Father's Day special to him. We'll chat with his dad, Larry, later in the show. Plus, we'll visit with Doug Wechter, who joined me this week for the broadcast and discuss the season to date. In addition, David Lowe will also join us to discuss seeing his sons on the same field. Coming up on This Week in Race Baseball, it's pitcher Zach Eflin. Why does Father's Day mean so much to him? Find out after this on the Race Baseball Network. We continue on This Week in Rays Baseball, and our featured guest this week is Zach Eflin. And first of all, Zach, happy Father's Day. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. What does Father's Day mean to you? Um, it means a lot to me. Um, growing up, my father was the rock of the family. didn't have the greatest relationship with my mother, so it kind of amplified my relationship with my dad. Um, and obviously now it's it's amazing because I'm, I get to celebrate Father's Day because I'm a father now, and um, you know it just it means a lot to me. It's really cool. We're going to hear from your dad, Larry, later on in the program, but tell me what you learned from him that helps you now as a dad. Really just navigating life um, through all the troubles that he had to go through. Um, I was a young kid when a lot of stuff happened in my family, and just watching my dad go about his business every single day, still being the the amazing father that he is, really kind of set the tone for my life. Um, I learned how to be a father from him. I learned how to be a good friend from him. I learned how to, you know, just navigate life you know, everything from him. So um, going through those moments in our life, watching him, you know, rise above it and still be able to be the best dad possible and, and take care of us and, you know, really kind of just shape my life. As you were a youngster going through all this, did you understand much of what was going on at the time? And when did you really understand how much your dad had done in, in light of all the challenges? Yeah, I, I knew from a young age what was going on. Um, but it was more so he, he made it a point to, to make sure that he spent as much time with us as possible um, while working multiple jobs and trying to provide for our family. Um, you know, it's it's hard to elaborate too much on it, but it's just um, what he's been through in his, in his life has shaped me to this day. And it's really kind of like the, you know, the common denominator I live throughout my life is just being able to get through anything with faith and family. Um, and that's something that he's instilled on me. You seem to be a very positive and patient person. Are those qualities you took from him? And if not, what are the main qualities that you think you learned from your dad? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, patience, trust, faith um, kind of go down the list of what I learned from him. 
Um, but just like navigating the life that he had and, and we had, it was hard not to look to him because he, he did it with such calmness and such, you know, um, it, it's hard to put into words. Um, he, he means more to me than, you know, pretty much anybody on this earth except for my wife and my kids, obviously. Um, but just being able to learn from him and, and through all the adversity that he's been through has really kind of guided me in life and, you know, has taught me to take a deep breath in moments and always always think positively because we as kids weren't necessarily treated, you know, in the positive direction all the time. And um, that's something that I've learned from him is no matter what was going on in our household, he was always positive. He was always, you know, looking forward to the next day, you know, kind of getting us out of the house, putting me in baseball at four years old. Um, so that was kind of a, a huge part of our lives. Baseball, in essence, became... A, a real important place for you from the time you were four on? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, it was more so my dad told me that he got me in baseball almost to be a distraction of kind of what was going on in our house. Um, so that kind of became my escape. Um, my dad's been playing guitar for probably 50, 55 years, and that's always been his escape where he can go play out his pain that he's been through in life, where he can kind of just go and be himself and um, you know, starting at four years old, that was that was my escape was baseball. I couldn't look forward to baseball enough to be with my friends and be with a, a great community of, of people that guided me throughout life. Um, but it was all because of my father. So knowing all of that, you look at the position you're in right now with your family, now with three kids, with this team, with this group. How appreciative are you? And is this kind of as good as things could be? Yeah, um, it's a good question, man. Like, I'm so happy with where I am at in life, and it's a huge part and huge thanks to my dad for uh, raising me the way he did. Um, I'm so thankful to be close to home and be able to share my children with him. Um, he's really just a two-hour drive over I-4 um, away, so it's it's so special to be able to be here and be close to home, play for the team that we grew up rooting for. Um, it's just, you know, I honestly can't say enough good things about the situation that we're in right now. Obviously, in life, you have to make a lot of choices. You chose to come here. You wanted to come here. Has, ever, has everything kind of been uh, proven right so far in terms of the decision you made? Yeah, for sure. I think it's. Uh, I think the decision that we made to, to come here was was the right one, um, and I would make it a thousand times more. I wanted to go to a place with a good culture, um, a great group of guys, good family group, good staff, um, a team that was winning, and somewhere I could continue to learn because I felt like I wasn't done learning um, and um, I think the ultimate decision maker was just being able to be close to my family because I've been feel like I've been gone too far too long you know um, so we're, we're extremely thankful to be in the situation that we are and, and to play here in St. Pete and be two hours away from home on any given day so um, super thankful. Is there anything that's been better than you anticipated like we all go into life with some sort of expectation yeah. what's been different than you might have thought coming in? I don't know if anything is is different, but it's been it's been a lot better than I imagined. I, I, I imagine it'd be a really cool, uh, really cool experience. Obviously, I heard from a lot of guys that I played with that have been through this organization. They had amazing things to say about it, um, but I don't think it was. I don't think I thought nearly of what it was going to be like. You know, looking back at it now, um, everybody is just just amazing people. Um, it's so much fun to come to work every single day with you know a group of guys that want to get better and learn every single day. Um, we're surrounded by um, amazing fathers, friends, believers, families. Um, 
it, it truly is a treat to be able to put this uniform on and represent this organization. You came here for a lot of reasons that we touched on and also to win a championship. There's a chance you could be named to an all-star game. What would that mean? It would mean a lot to me. Um, been trying to be an all-star for seven or eight years now, and I've battled a lot of health issues. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's not being named to the all-star game that's going to, you know, make me feel any different about myself. It's I'm always focused more so on being a dad first, being a husband first, being a good friend first. Um, I don't really let baseball define me. So at the end of the day, I don't really care if I'm an all-star or not. I just want to make sure that anybody I come into contact with, I can, you know, um, just make them a better person, make myself a better person, um, and really just take life like that is. You mentioned baseball almost being a safe place when you were young and your dad with the guitar. Did you ever learn the guitar? Yeah. And, and how, how often do you play? Um, right now I probably play like once or twice a week. Um, I've brought it a lot on road trips in the past when I was with the Phillies. Um, but it's a great escape for me too. It's I kind of like treat golf and, and um, uh, golf and guitar kind of the same where it's during the season it's nice to kind of look somewhere else other than baseball and having a family helps that tremendously but being able to to go on the road and go golf or go to a guitar shop or something is a nice little skate for me to take my mind off the game sometimes and and really just kind of let out anything that I have inside of me. How important is that especially as a starting pitcher because you only get to perform in the game once every five or six days? I think it's huge to have um, some sort of outlet you know Um, this game can consume you so so easily and you can get all over the place mentally with where you're at or how you're doing um so i I try and make it a life goal of mine to to not let baseball define me and to be able to go out and take advantage of traveling all over the country and seeing different golf courses and seeing different guitar shops and seeing different cities um i love getting out and i think it's extremely important for for starters okay so favorite golf course that you've played and then how about favorite type favorite guitarist that you have that you like good questions um i want to say probably my favorite golf course i've ever been to is friar's head in the hamptons in new york um had, a, had an absolute blast out there um favorite musicians are john mayer it's probably my all-time favorite guitarist um eric clapton um i love ed sheeran so i'd probably probably pick those three and what songs do you like to play on your your guitar of those that you can kind of go to John Mayer's a tough one because he's extremely good and I'm not extremely good. Um, there's some covers that, that he's done that I can play, like Free Fallen, a um, couple of Sharon songs, Castle on the Hill, um, little ones like that. Um, I used to be able to play Layla by Eric Clapton. I haven't played that one in a long time. Um, but I really kind of just like learning the music that I'm listening to and kind of playing along with it. Um, so there's really nothing really set in stone. I kind of just like jamming when I, when I hear some good tunes. Sounds like a lot of fun. And I'm sure it's also been fun getting to know this group, this staff. What's Kyle Snyder meant to you so far? Uh, everything. He's he's a genius man. Um, he's such a good person to his core, and, and he, you know, reflects that in every relationship that he has throughout the organization. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for a pitching coach is to develop that trust and relationship with a player first as, a, as opposed to kind of going straight baseball. Um, but with that being said, he's an absolute mastermind um, in terms of pitching and being able to adjust your hand position or uh, adjust the move of a pitch, um, sequencing. He's, he's kind of got it all, and it's, it's really amazing to show up every single day with a pitching coach like that who's more of a friend than pitching coach, but that's extremely important. Um, so it's been, it's been so much fun so far. When did that trust first develop? When did you feel, okay, this is a guy I really believe in? Um, in spring training, or really even the, our off-season meeting um, when they came over to my house, 
um, he's just a cool, calm, collected person. And when he talks, he's one of those guys that you just listen. You know, whatever he's saying is going to be the right thing to do. Um, so that's, I mean, the relationship's only getting better, and he's he's a, a tremendous friend and a ter- tremendous teacher. You mentioned health and that your challenges in the past of staying healthy. So far, this group has done a pretty good job to help you. What's different here? What what do they do differently to help? Because I saw it with Corey Kluber, with Rich Hill, with Charlie Morton prior. Um, so, I mean, it's a huge part of my career, right, is just trying to stay healthy and and, and watching from a distance, watching Charlie Morton come here and stay, stay healthy, watching Corey Kluber come here and stay healthy. We kind of came to a consensus where whatever those guys did, I wanted to do. Um, so I'm kind of on that same program with the athletic trainer that they that they worked with, and we're focused on every fifth day, trying to feel as good as we can every fifth day, and, and all, to ultimately make at least 30 starts. And so far, so good on that. So far, so good. Just got to keep it rolling. <laughs> we mentioned this being Father's Day and how important that day is to you, but what does it also mean to your wife Lauren uh, and now three kids? Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, I, I, Mother's Day is so special to me now because of my wife and uh, being able to celebrate her. So it's it's always a treat when when I get celebrated. You know, you don't really think much of birthdays anymore or whatnot, but Father's Day is kind of my day. Um, and having three little girls is just the most amazing thing in the world. Um, I thank God every single day for being their father and hope that I'm guiding them in the right way and, um, you know, navigating life with them the right way. Um, but it's... It's really, really cool. I've never really been celebrated like that, and it's it's just really nice to know that um, I'm their father, and it's just it's hard to put into words, as I'm sure that you'd have some tough words to say too, but um, I'm, I'm so thankful for them and so thankful to my wife and all of our families for, you know, the support, and, um, you know, it's just truly is it's, it's an amazing day. What do you enjoy most about being a dad? <sighs> Man, that's a great question. I don't know, probably just like the love that you have for your girls, you know, the, you feel like the defender, you know, um, when you get home, you hear the daddy cries out, you know, um, dada, 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 like they're just so excited to see me when I get home. Um, so that makes me feel special and think that I'm doing something right at least. Um, but just being able to hug them, hold them, feel that emotional connection with them and to feel them trust me is just, um, something that you really can't put into words. And I'm so thankful for. Well, we're happy to have you around. We hope there's many happy Father's Days to come and many good moments with this group to come. We appreciate some time on This Week in Race Baseball. Thank you, Neil, and happy Father's Day to you, too. That's Zach Eflin, and we'll continue with our program on this Father's Day in just a moment. Thanks so much for being with us. We continue from San Diego right after this. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Baseball Network. Well, we certainly appreciate the time from Zach Eflin in our last segment, and we wish a happy Father's Day to my broadcast partner this week. Of course, that's Doug Wechter. Doug, thanks so much for joining us. 
Yeah, thank you, Neil. Uh, Father's Day, boy, it's one of those things that reminds you how blessed you are uh, to be able to go out there. And, you know, i got two kids of my own, Caden and Carson. It, it's crazy. I mean, one's already in high school, which I can't believe he's going to be a sophomore next year. And then, my, you know, that's my son. And then my daughter is going into seventh grade. So, you know, it, it's wild just to think about uh, how fast time is moving. But, uh, you know, it's a good time to celebrate it on Father's Day coming up. I'm sure that your uh, West Coast trip here has brought back a lot of memories, probably as a player, probably just traveling over the course of time, Oakland and San Diego. Yeah, you know, I always used to love coming on the West Coast. I mean, obviously the time difference makes it a little bit difficult, um, you know, but it, it is a fun way to uh, break up the season and just see some places that you typically don't see. You know, San Diego in particular, I have one memory that I'll never forget. I remember being in the outfield, left field, with uh, my trainer, Kevin Barr, when we were with the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm stretching the outfield, and all of a sudden, a ripple goes through the grass, and it was an actual earthquake. And, I mean, a Florida boy experiencing an earthquake, you can imagine how stressed out I was. But, um, you know, it was just one of those experiences that I'll never forget. But, you know, outside of that, I, I absolutely love San Diego, the San Diego atmosphere, and this park. I mean, these fans, they are electric here, and it should be a lot of fun. Indeed. Uh, I just hope we don't have an earthquake on Father's Day. That would make it a memorable one, but not for the good reasons. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be rooting against that happening for sure, Neil, because, you know, that's, that's not something I want to see twice. No, uh, let's not have lightning strike in the same place twice for sure with Doug Wechter here in San Diego. As far as this group goes, you know, you mentioned West Coast travel being tough. And this really for the Rays is the last day of a really tough stretch. And I'm not necessarily talking about the schedule, but I am talking about the travel and the game. 17 in 16 days. Have you seen it where on the group just a little bit? Yeah, I have. Um, and, you know, we spoke to Josh Lowe. Uh, on one of our postgame shows, and he admitted it, and I thought it was um, very telling because, you know, a lot of times athletes don't want to go out there and admit uh, any kind of, you know, I wouldn't call it a weakness. I would just call it, you know, non, a non-strength uh, just to be fatigued, but it's the truth. I mean, everybody going through a schedule like this is going to be fatigued, and, you know, I think it's showing up in a few different spots. Um, I think the offense hasn't been as electric as they were the first couple months of the season. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things that the, they're professionals. They have to deal with this schedule. They'll be fine. They'll, they'll be fine moving past it. But, uh, yeah, this is a tough part of the season and a very tough stretch for these guys. So I'm sure they're looking, to, looking forward to getting back home. Yeah, the Rays had 29 out of 30, then the off day, then they had the rain out, and then they went basically from Boston to home to the West Coast without a day off. How much do you think has that led to some of the offensive ups and downs? And how much is it just the ebbs and flows that it's just hard to be for some of these guys, 900, 1,000 OPS guy for the entire year? Yeah, I think a couple things are playing into it. I definitely think the off day, that the scheduled off day that they did not have in Boston does play a factor. I mean, these guys look forward to off days just to unplug, you know, mentally and physically. And not getting that, um, that's tough on them. Uh, you know, I, I do think that everybody started out so hot offensively. There is going to be a point in time where, you know, not everything's going to be clicking for you. And, you know, it's a long season. You're going to go through some ebbs and flows. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that as well. Um, but, you know, I, I, in general, I still think this team is so powerful. They are going to get back to where we saw them in the first part of the year and specifically in the power game offensively. You know, it, it's one of those things that I really do. Th I think they have sustaining power. 
uh, and something to look forward to for the rest of the season. And, you know, once they get past this road trip and get back home, uh, we know how well they play on at home, and they'll get right where they need to be. No question about that. And they were the first team in baseball to 50 wins, in fact, the fastest in franchise history. To have done that in 72 games, when you consider all they've had to deal with, to me, is quite remarkable. Yeah, it's incredible that they've gone out there and they're already at 50 wins. I had to check it twice when you said it on the broadcast because not that I ever second guess you, Neil. But, of course, it just didn't sound right that they're already at 50 wins this early in the season. And, look, I think it just tells you how special this team can be, right? They have the pitching. They have the starting. They're relieving. Uh, you know, the power game. They have the offense. They have the speed, the athleticism, the versatility. Pretty much everything you're looking for in a championship club, they have it. And uh, it's showing in the record for sure. I want to address the bullpen because, you know, that's been um, probably more so from a fan perspective than anything, the area where they have had some struggles. And, look, they optioned this week Jalen Beeks to the minors and had Ryan Thompson here briefly and optioned him. But I think with that depth that's available, and I think Jalen and Ryan will be back at some point, and the guys who they've brought in, to me, they're starting to look a lot sharper, especially with Pete Fairbanks back. Yeah, 100%, I agree. Um, you know, there, there were some times where you look at this bullpen over the course of the year and you're, you're wondering, you know, what they're going to do and where they're going to go with it because there was some struggles going on. And I, I think over the past 10 to 15 games, they've really solidified themselves. Uh, I really like the addition of some of the veterans going out there. And, you know, in general, we have a bullpen now that is really attacking the zone a lot more than they were earlier. And I think that's the biggest difference, right? You know, you're getting strike one. It's a lot easier to go out there and pitch with men on base than if you're falling behind in counts. And so, you know, just a really good job of these guys going out as a group and, and just pounding the strike zone with their plus stuff and letting that stuff play. And by doing so, they've been, you know, really lights out here over the last week, week and a half. Well, I would think, too, there's got to be a lot of confidence with the way this group plays defensively. I mean, in Oakland, you know, Taylor Wall started an amazing 4-2-3 double play that helped the Rays win a ball game. And when you have confidence in your guys that they can make a play, doesn't it lead as a pitcher to want to throw or have more conviction with throwing strikes? No, 100%. I mean, first of all, Wallsy made in that play. I think that was the best play I've ever seen out of Taylor. And, you know, he's made some gems already. Um, but as a pitcher, when you know you have – a defense behind you that can pick it and can flat out get after it in the outfield, you want to pitch the contact. You want them to put the ball in play and let that defense play behind you. And, you know, it does so many more positive things when you're attacking the zone early on, knowing that you have a defense like we do. I mean, you have gold glove, gold glove caliber defenders all over the Tampa Bay Rays roster. And, you know, it, it's really showing up um, in the confidence level of all these pitchers, not just relievers, but really the starters too. They know that they can go out there, pound the strike zone early, try to get quick outs because, you know, their defense will be making some plays for them. No question. Uh, on the offensive side, you, you know, we touched on some of the things where this group has been, you know, kind of a little bit uneven. How much of it also has to do with the fact that, look, Brandon Lau, while he wasn't putting up numbers, is still a presence near the top of the lineup, and having him in the lineup moves other guys down, takes a little off them. Yeah, look, injuries always play a factor in a season. And, you know, unfortunately this year it looks like Brandon Lau is the one who has to deal with the injury. And, you know, you, everybody was just pretty much waiting for him to, to really get into his groove, right? And even though, like you said, Neil, you know, the numbers weren't there yet, 
uh, he is a presence in this lineup. And when you remove that, when you remove anybody uh, who's a fixture in the lineup around and you have to take them out for any significant amount of time, it's going to change things. It's going to change the way that, um, you know, Kevin Cash puts his roster together and, you know, puts that lineup together. And so everybody's affected by it. But these guys do such a good job of adapting and, um, you know, just making whatever situation they have work and work to the best of the ability for the Rays. And they've done a heck of a job without Brandon. Um, you know, I'm sure they're looking forward to him coming back as soon as possible. But really this offense, you know, even with dealing with certain injuries and, and ups and downs, they have been so tremendous over the course of this year. Uh, I don't really see them going anywhere for, for the rest of this year. We talked about it on the broadcast a fair amount, but I, I think – what stands out to me is the fact that Randy Rosarena is willing to accept walks when teams are not always willing to pitch to him. There are some teams that have kind of circled his name and said, don't let him beat us. And I think last year's Randy or the year before's Randy would have tried to do too much and not picked up the walks he's doing right now. Yeah, you know, um, I think last year's Randy would have possibly swung and missed with the helmet coming off a few more times than what we've seen this year. Instead, we're seeing it. We're seeing him double his walk rate. And, you know, looking back over my career, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy just be able to basically shrink the zone and and have the ability to not chase the way that Randy has from year to year, right? Last year, he just expanded the zone so much. He was so aggressive, and that was part of his game, right? And you just kind of – you took the pluses with the minuses because his upside was so good. But now he has become such a complete hitter because he doesn't expand the zone. He doesn't go outside the zone. He's willing to take the walks. And by doing so, he's creating traffic on the bases for the rest of his team to drive him in. And, boy, I'm telling you, Randy Rosarena at the plate right now is just something to watch because he is fierce. One last thing. Uh, this team is going to come home, we mentioned, after the game here on Father's Day. But then they go right back out on the West Coast. How challenging that is that aspect, to have to go to two West Coast trips in a three-week period? It will be challenging, for sure. Um, I, I guarantee you the players aren't thinking about it right now. What they're thinking about is getting through this series and, and getting back home and being able to spend a couple series back home try to refresh as much po- as possible, try to regroup as much as possible, and then deal with the trip to the West Coast, you know, coming up at that point in time. But it will be difficult, no doubt. And uh, hopefully it won't show on the field. I mean, these guys are professionals, and they know how to handle these difficult situations and difficult travel. And, uh, you know, if you're going to do a West Coast swing, at least you're going to do it, you know, traveling the way the Rays get to. So, Well, let's enjoy the travel, enjoy the time back home, and certainly it's been a lot of fun this week not only on This Week in Race Baseball, but on the broadcast, too. How could I not have fun with you in the booth, Neil? Come on, buddy. Certainly appreciate the time of Doug Wechter. We continue on This Week in Race Baseball. I'm Neil Solans. You know, this past week began with really unique opportunity for Josh and Nathaniel Lowe to play a Major League Baseball game for the first time together as brothers on the same field. And, of course, it made sense with Father's Day around the corner to sit down with David Lowe and his wife, Wendy, and I asked David if he could ask for a better Father's Day gift a week before the day? Yes, I, I can ask for one because I would love for both of them to be in the All-Star game and I'd both love for both of them to be in the Home Run Derby and I'd love for both of them to say, hey, Dad, come throw us those four-seam barrel finders in the Home Run Derby. That is my dream of dreams. Will they ever let me do it? Probably not because they say I cut the, the, the baseball too much and, and it's not a barrel finder. We're like, hey, I was a pitcher growing up. So. And we have said that all along. Dave's like, when you all make it to the All-Star game, I'm pitching. They're like, no, you're not because you try and get us out. You don't throw things that we can hit well. But we've talked on that one for years. Yeah. 
my for my dream. That's my dream of dreams. I agree. Oh yes, absolutely. Be awesome. You, there's this dream has been a long time coming too. I mean, you gave up part of your dream, right? I mean, you were drafted and and elected to to serve, and we thank you for your service as a as a Navy fighter pilot to do what you did. How much of that do you think about when you see what they're accomplishing right now? Um, you know, it, it really that part of it doesn't really come to mind a lot. Um, now, when we sit down and talk about it, you look back and see the, the sacrifices that we made, not only as a husband and wife, a mom and dad, and the sacrifices that they made as uh, two young kids growing up on active duty with a dad, you know, either deploying on carriers or going over to uh, Iraq and supporting the army to make sure they didn't do stupid things. But um, you, it's just, it's different now where you, it's, I'm just basically taking the opportunity to enjoy what they're doing and just um, and hoping they're and having taken the opportunity to enjoy it as well. As a mom, what's it like for you? It's kind of like the fruit of our labor, you know. I mean, it's been awesome um, to see their success, to them continuing to stay at it when things maybe didn't go the way they thought that they would, to just, you know, persevere. And here we are. There's less than 400 position players in the game, and you've got two of them, and they're really, really good. When did you think something like that was conceivable as a, as a dad, and, and knowing someone who also played the sport growing up? Mm-hmm. Honestly, my goal was to have somebody else pay for their college. That was, that was the goal. It was never for them to go off and be professional players. Now, I'll tell you that Nathaniel's a very cerebral kid. He's, he's our, our science, math, our STEM kid, and so I thought that he would make a very good engineer. Um, it's not really the, the path that obviously he wanted to, to, uh, to go down. Um, Joshua was more of this freaky, talented kid. Um, and honestly, I, it really didn't matter what sport, just because of Joshua um, and his skill level. It's like, if you want to do something, I know you can have somebody pay for your college, no offense or buts, where Nathaniel was yeah, very talented baseball player, but he had the academics to also get an academic scholarship. So as they were coming through their teens and getting into high school, it was it was very apparent to me that, yeah, that we can get my goal, which is, you know, somebody else helped me pay for this. And I was very, very happy with that. Um, but to get to this level, it was, it was more along the lines of, because, you know, every single person in that 390-person uh, group is an incredible athlete. They have incredible skills to hit, you know, how about this, pitch, you know, 90 to 100 mile an hour fastballs and cutters and sliders and sweepers. And then you have on the the, um, hitting side to be able to hit those pitches. That sets them in a world all of their own when it comes to skill. And did I know that my kids could do that? No, but I certainly hoped they could. But once I saw them um, and then saw actually their work ethic on what they do in the off season to prepare themselves, it, it just it, it very 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 impressed from a professional standpoint of what they do to prepare themselves to be able to compete at this level. But I would I would tell you honestly, it was probably four or five years ago, right as they started becoming professionals, I thought they had a chance to actually get to this level. You feel the same way, Mom? Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I think lots of little kids dream of being professional sports players. And you want to support them. But I'll tell you, 
I had this friend a long time ago, Nathan was going to go to college, wanted to play baseball. And she's like, at some point, they have to quit playing sports and get a real job. And I thought, you don't know my boys, do you? So, you know, look at us now. It's turned out pretty well, obviously. I mean, not only two of 390 position players, but two of the really good position players in this league. What separates the two of them from a personality standpoint? How competitive are the two of them against one another? Um, I will tell you in, in baseball, I'm not going to say that they're they're competitive against each other. Now, when they get up between the white lines, that's that all game, you know, all bets are off. On the golf course, they drive me nuts. Um, I love I love being around my sons, but it's everything I can do to, to not wrap my own golf club around one or two heads there because they are the the two most competitive people I have ever seen on on the golf course. Um, it drives me nuts. It really does to the point where I have to switch back and forth between whose cart I'm riding in just to keep them apart. Dad came to visit us in Florida, and he took them to play golf. And he came home going, I had to separate them. They were about to fight. And I'm like, what? So he, he was very upset that his grandsons were going to throw some punches at each other. <laughs> Fortunately, cooler heads obviously prevailed in that one. Who, who is uh, more, is there one who's more competitive than the other? Or are they both equally competitive? And do they get that from you or do they get that from mom? Um, they are both equally competitive. And even though... Nathaniel says he's got a uh, three-and-a-half handicap and Joshua's got a four handicap. Nathaniel busts his butt to get down to that level um, where Joshua is just such a natural athlete, and that's, I think, the part that drives Nathaniel nuts because Nathaniel will go out and work at something for three hours, short game, putting, chipping, all the other. And Joshua just kind of goes out, and next thing you know, he's, he's right there with him, and he puts half the effort into it. Um, I think from a, a competitive athletic standpoint, uh, I was very competitive growing up all the way through college, uh, playing football and baseball. Um, but Wendy was a competitor herself. I mean, she played basketball. She ran track. Um, not college, not college. But. I mean, so the, the competitions there is just, you know, they have just found a way right now to, uh, to, to, to channel that, if you will, into what they do. And at least for one weekend, was it nice to not have to try and divide between two yes. different games? Yes, because I am going to be so excited that we don't have to stream one on our phone, on the app. I'm going to put my phone down. I'm not going to look at it all game. I'm just going to enjoy the moment. You know, we get, what, three or four more games in Texas in July. Yeah, yeah. and so we'll be there for that as well. Just, I'm just not sure we're going to have 100, you know, family and yeah. friends that will be there. It'll be a big contingent to be there as well. Yeah, how hard is that to try and keep up with the two of them while they're each playing in the same night? Most times, more often than not. They're within an hour usually because the Rays start, you know, about 6.40. And being that central time, Nathaniel's later. So, I mean, if we're at the games, like you said, we put it on our phone. But at home, whoever's game comes on first gets the big TV. And then when the second game comes on, we get the iPad. The other big question in all this is not only are they competing against one another with teams that are the two best teams in baseball, uh, are you guys surprised at all that that has taken place this year for both clubs? Um, not necessarily for the Rays because, I mean, they put a winning product out on the field. They, you know, hats off to those guys for, for the scouting that they do, um, the advanced scouting, and we, we befriended a few of the, those folks in the organization. They do a heck of a job. And then you get the coaching staff that does a heck of a job of putting the right people in the right place at the right time 
to squeak out a, you know, four to three win. But what is really surprising is the fact they're blowing people out. The Rangers, on the other hand, because of their the woes that they've had, not only on well in all aspects of the game, and to see them turn it around the way they did this year, that to me is is the story of baseball. Um, now, granted, they took a big hit with uh, with Jacob Degrom, you know, having to miss the rest of the season with surgery. But but let's be honest, he hasn't really contributed like the rest of the staff has. And to see a guy like Nathan Avaldi stand up and John Gray and you know, and, and Perez, I mean, he, he did it all last year. He was the heart and soul of that pitching staff last year. But it is absolutely incredible to see what they've done in just, you know, half a season. It is really incredible. I don't have any comments on that. <laughs> well, you said it all. <laughs> well, let's hope that you get your Father's Day wish. At least get the two of them in the All-Star game, right? That's right. That's I haven't voted today. I will go to my phone now when we get up there and do that. Then my phone goes in my pocket. Yeah, they just they have to stay the course, and as Nathaniel said, don't concentrate on something that's out there. If it happens, awesome, and and they will, you know, they will have earned it, um, because there are a lot of people that don't get into the All Star game every year that honestly have earned it, um, and it'll, it'll just be a blessing. And I think that from their perspective, just keep doing everything they need to do day day by day, and it'll work out. Enjoy the weekend. Something we've always said is you're only as good as your next at bat and your next game put tomorrow behind you and go out there the next day great stuff from david and wendy Lowe. we appreciate their time coming up zach eflin's dad larry when we continue this is this week in race baseball on the race hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Baseball Network. Well, we continue on this Father's Day, and uh, one of our special guests, as we recognize dads everywhere, is Larry Eflin, the dad of race pitcher Zach. And Larry, we appreciate a few minutes. Well, thank you for having me on today. Tell me what Father's Day means to you. Father's Day to me means being able to appreciate the children that have brought joy to your life. It's the ability to, to have a day for me where I can just look and go, man, I am so blessed. It is so good to have kids. And obviously you're a very proud father and for different reasons with each of your children. Absolutely. Um, what makes Zach a, such a special kid and is it kind of nice to see him now as a dad as well I I love seeing him as a dad and to be honest with you I've always known he was going to be a good dad he's he's a very nice person and he's always always understood loving your children so I knew that when he got married and he and Lauren had children that he was gonna love it and I know he does it'll be a very special father's day for him I'm sure for you what, how did you overcome all the challenges you had and stay on the right path? Because I think it can be very hard to go the wrong way. And there are many people in this world who do, but you did not. Why did you not stray? Why, how were you able to stay on the right path for your family, for your kids? Well, and that's a great question. Really, it comes down to the kids. I understood that I have a responsibility 
to my children and no, no matter else what else happens in my life, I am responsible to make sure that we do the best we can for them and for them to grow up and be good human beings. That's really my motivation. What was the hardest part in all that? Because you ended up what back at your parents' house at one point raising your raising your children before and and probably working how many jobs before you were able to kind of get everything back on the on the foot you were hoping for. Yeah, a couple of jobs in there and then just finding the time after the jobs to be able to still be involved in their activities like both Candace and Zach enjoyed baseball. Uh, my oldest daughter uh, was in, in nursing school at the time. So just just trying to make sure that I had it budgeted to make sure that they understood that dad was still there. What were the biggest keys in getting you through that? Like you, you mentioned the motivation and it's about your kids, but on a personal level, what, what allowed you to get there? Um, I, I'd have to say my upbringing, my, my family's very close. Um, we're from Iowa, so we're, we're pretty simple folks. And I think that really has a lot to do with it. Um, just not being too complicated and understanding what the goals are. What are your goals in life? To be a good person and to raise good people. And that's what I think fatherhood's all about. You also raise and continue to raise a, a child with special needs as well. How, what are the things that make a parent good in that area? Because obviously you are. Um, and, and, and Zach speaks highly of everything that's been done uh, for his sister in that regard? Uh, that's a very interesting question. And sometimes it takes a while to actually understand it, but um, I have to focus on what she likes to do and then become good at what she likes to do so that we have the same understanding. Because it's very easy for us to get caught up in me, me, what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, when it really has to do with her and what she's doing. I have to be able to cross that bridge and meet her instead of her having to come to me, if that makes any sense. It does. H how did that evolve? Because I'm sure as a parent, you know, your child goes through different phases of life. You go through different phases of life learning how to do that because it is there is a lot of learning because most of us are not wired a certain way or have the experience, the life experience to know what to do and how to do it. Well, it was, it's kind of an interesting story. It started off because of Pokemon and she was really into Pokemon and she'd come and sit down and tell me all about the Pokemon. And I had no clue. And I realized that if I was going to be able to have conversation with her about Pokemon, I better learn Pokemon. So I'm, I'm pretty good now. And Pokemon is still one of her favorites. Uh, she enjoys the uh, anime quite a bit. She's not really big on the cards anymore, but yeah, that and Yu-Gi-Oh! And she's got a couple that she really enjoys. Did you, when, wh at what age did you think Zach was going to be able to achieve as a baseball player what he's achieved? That he could be a major leaguer. Um, and how proud are you as, you mentioned as a dad, but to what he's done in his career? Um. The, the first part's kind of a, it's a hard question, but it's an easy question. He was running from first to third when he was eight years old. And I said, boy, you know what? That kid is a baseball athlete. You know, there's certain athletes that are good at certain sports. I could see by his length, kind of reminded me of Josh Lowe running from first to third. 
which I love to watch, by the way. Man crush, but don't tell him that. Um, so I, I knew that he had the physical ability early, and it was all about his mental approach. So I, I coached him, helped coach until he was 13. And then I understood that I was limited. And we were fortunate enough to have some fantastic local coaches that uh, coached him up. And it wasn't until really when he was maybe 17, early, early in life, it was getting him good enough to play high school baseball. Then in high school, it was him being good enough to, to get a scholarship to college. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, he's getting drafted. And I, I still don't quite comprehend all that. And how that little kid that used to play catch in the backyard is playing with the Rays with the best record in baseball, it's like boggles my mind. It's awesome. So there are a lot of people involved. And I, I, I just feel like I understood when it was time to pass them to somebody else with more knowledge on certain things. That's sometimes hard for a dad to do. Um, was that difficult at the time? Do you remember that? It, it was not difficult at all because I saw enough other parents that were so overbearing and their child was the best baseball player in the entire world. I, I no, it wasn't, wasn't difficult at all. In fact, I kind of like being a dad. So once I was able to, to stop coaching when he was young and just be a dad and go enjoy the game, it was awesome. Still is awesome. I'm guessing in some cases you learn how to do from what others do in a good way and from others in a bad way. And, and as a parent who's seen plenty of travel ball uh, moms and dads who get a little too engaged, I'm guessing that probably helped. Absolutely. There were times when I just could not believe what travel ball parents will say on the field to their kids, to other people in the stands. It just boggles my mind. On, on that note, then, to see Zach evolve from a guy who, wow, he got drafted to, wow, he's become a longtime big leaguer to, wow, he's become a longtime big leaguer basically in his backyard. What has that meant and how proud have you been? Well, it, being proud is, is a very powerful word, and I am proud. But I think what I'm my most proud of is the fact that he decided to be really good at something. He decided to be a professional at something. So if, if he'd have been a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, I would have been very proud of all the hard work he put in. But I'm lucky enough that he decided to be really good at baseball. And, to, you know, when he gets drafted, you, 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 you're hoping he gets to play in the minors for a couple of years because there's so many guys. And the fact that he's filtered all the way through and he's 29 and, you know, he, he just signed a free agent contract and he's in the league. He's in the league. He's one of the guys. It's just, it's hard to comprehend. And he's very much um, a work and a home guy. So he separates them very well, which I really impresses me. But as soon as he turns it off and walks out the door, he's going home to family and he's having fun there. So hey, a lot to be proud of on, on both aspects. I'm guessing he might have learned that from you, the ability to separate. How did you do it, and what made you good at it? Boy, that's a really good question. I don't know that I've got the answer. Is Maybe it's just kind of that that Iowa horse sense that you kind of know which direction you got to go to get back to your own barn. So I, I think it had to do mostly with that. So growing up in Iowa, there are minor league teams, but no major league teams. Did you grow up a fan of the sport? Oh, or absolutely. 
I'm sorry, go ahead. And who'd you root for as a kid? Boy, it was the Cardinals when I was young. They were, we were, I was born right on the Mississippi River in Iowa. So you just go straight down the river about five hours and there were the cards. And of course, Cubs were a big part of that too, but those Cardinals were my big thing. So it was an extra special time last year when we got to go beat the Cardinals in the playoffs. So was that one of the quad cities you were, you lived in? Uh, no, it was further south than that. Um, quad City is about 30 miles north. I was from Muscatine. Okay. Know that area. I I spent a year in the Quad City, so I... Oh, I, gotcha. So you understand all the stuff I'm saying. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. I understand the, 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 the background with which you grew up in, too. What do you do now, um, and how often do you get to... Do you get to watch... Is it appointment radio and television that you see every one of Zach's starts or how do you, how do you make sure that as a dad, you're staying on top of it? Well, I, I, I must admit I'm a full on race fan now. So I really want to watch all the games. Um, I, I've been down to a, a couple of Zach starts this year and I'm still working. I work at UCF um, and been working there for right at 30 years. So hopefully here in the next year or so I'll be out. But, uh, you know, so I still have to kind of balance the whole work thing. But um, Candace and I, she's a baseball fan, too. And we'll get our dinner on our laps and turn the game on and just enjoy it. It's awesome. The Rays are just such so much fun to watch. It's it's really incredible. And I'm guessing that would probably make the best Father's Day as a win on uh, on the day by the Rays. Absolutely. Can't get much better. Well, we hope it's a great day. We so appreciate you sharing uh, part of your story with us and uh, continued success. Well, thank you very much. You have a wonderful Father's Day. That's Larry Eflin, and we certainly appreciate his time today on This Week in Race Baseball. Again, dad of race pitcher Zach Eflin. And we also want to thank all of our other guests on the show today, including race pitcher Zach Eflin, for sharing what his dad means to him and what it also means to be a father also appreciate the time of a dad of two. Of course, that is my partner during this week on the broadcast. That's Doug Wechter. He's doing double duty today with some TV work pre- and post-game in addition to joining me for the broadcast. And, of course, also appreciative of the time of both David and Wendy Lowe, the parents of Josh of the Rays and Nathaniel, originally drafted by the Rays and now with the Texas Rangers, about last week's get-together on the field. If you ever have something you want to hear on the show, all you have to do is tweet me. You can do so fairly easily at Neil Solons and at Race Radio. Now, next week on the program, Sean Armstrong will be with us. Plus, you're going to get to meet in depth our new pre- and post-game host, Chris Adams-Wall, who, of course, is going to take uh, take on the show and take over the show after next week. Next week will be my final one in terms of uh, all in full on this week in race baseball. Thanks to Derek DuBose back in our network studios on site. Bill Lippis, and plus assistance from Chris Miller, as well as Becky Carney, Parker Welsh, and Alex Fuse. I'm Neil Solons. We're getting set for the Rays and the Padres. Appropriate. Take on Los Padres on Father's Day on the Rays Baseball Network. Thank you for listening to This Week in Rays Baseball. Breaking ball lifted to the air, way up there, in the right field and deep. Judge is going back towards the corner at the wall. Gone! And the Rays jump in front 4-1. to one. If you missed any of the show, catch it at RaysBaseball.com slash radio.